You're funny, Carlos. Yeah, so I'd just like to talk to you guys about, um, yeah, relationships. No, 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 I'm not. Um, about, like, judgment and, like, the judgment you get from other people. Um, so, just want to start off with, don't be discouraged from people's judgment that they have on you. Only be worried about God's judgment. I'll tell you what, people's judgment in today's world can like cripple, cripple people's ability to function properly, to, to how they should be living and how, what to what they should potentially become. Um, there's too many stories where people end up um, just quitting what they're doing or, you know, to a full extent of suicide and it's terrible. It shouldn't be like that and, you know, I've, yeah, I've probably been in a position where I was not judging, but being being a bit of a bully. But I, yeah, I regret that, and I, I've sort of become, I've become friends with the people that I was a bit mean to. But yeah, they're they're pretty cool. Um, God has a plan for our lives and an instruction book to help us. So that instruction book isn't to help us um, bully people or to judge them. Uh, Proverbs 8, verse 19. If that's what we had, Aaron. Oh, I mean, Leah. My f- I'll just read that. My fault, I mean, my fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. So that's just, um, if you follow God's way, you're going to, he's going to give you fruit over gold. Like, um, there's a real... A real, I don't know what the word is, but to, to follow what other people do, to become part of the crowd, to, you know, just to do what the cool kids do and just lay words out, you know, just speak words that have no meaning and you're bringing other people down and it's just, you don't realise it when you're younger. I didn't, but, um, you know, I, I probably could have crippled someone and I hope I didn't, but it's just terrible to see. Loving... Loving others and those who hate us is a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but hard to do. But it's good. Um, the Lord gets joy from it. The devil gets no power from it. And yourself, you become a bit humble and you get joy from it yourself. Pray for people that are against you, that they may follow you. The, uh, yeah, this one, Luke, Luke 6, verse 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Um, I probably haven't had anyone mistreat me or curse me, but if, if it would come to it, I'd probably just punch him in the face. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> That's what I think, but hopefully God can calm me down and I can just... You know, pray for them or take a chill pill and maybe ask what's their problem, you know. But I think that would be pretty hard to do. Anyone else struggle with that? No? Yeah. You. Even others are affected when someone has a judgment. So you look at Saul in the Bible. Um, 
what Saul thought of David, it ended his own life. So Saul, Saul, Saul thought David was this, like, oh, David was, but Saul had this thought that David was um, more powerful than him and, um, you know, he would take, his, take everything away from him and, you know, it crippled him. He wanted to kill him. He wanted to do everything to stop that and he even used his own daughter to try and marry into his own family. So I suppose he would have more power over him, but he still was scared. Like, it's just because David had such a blessing from God and such a calling from God, it just didn't matter. And David just thought he was a normal guy and tried to avoid it, but that's just the way it goes. So if you look at 1 Samuel 19, verse 20 to 23, yeah, you're on it now. So, he sent men to capture him, is when David went to that place. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came on Saul, Saul's men and they also prophesied. Saul was told about it and he sent more. So, could you imagine your enemy or someone who wants to kill you, sending, sending some people to end you or to, to stop you and what you have. Like, they're coming against you and... Oh, man. Right. These people have come to destroy David or capture him so Saul can kill him. And they end up with God's they connected to God just from other people around them praying and prophesying. Like, they weren't even there to do that and God captured them. Um, you ever judge a book by a cover? Not me, I don't read. <laughs> um, so many times when I was younger, I, could, I, could tell, I couldn't tell with some boys and girls. Like, you know, I just couldn't tell a boy or girl apart. I don't know why, I'd just be really nervous. I'd be like, oh, hi there. I wouldn't say, oh, like if I was introducing someone else to them, I'd be like, oh, this is that person. <laughs> and if I ever tried to guess it, like, I was always wrong. It's happened before. It's happened at least two or three times. I've judged, judged them based off what they look like with their clothes, and they've been the opposite. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're always girls, and I go, it's a boy. <laughs> Which is worse. I don't know what's worse. But um, someone's done it to me before. They're like, are you a boy or a girl? I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's just... Don't judge a book by its cover. That's the worst thing you can do. Because you put yourself in situations like that. So those men who went to go get David, they prophesied themselves. They connected to God. If our enemies come against us and the Spirit of God can talk through them, um, we shouldn't be worried about other people's thoughts and judgments. We should just get on with it. (laughs) I'm feeling terrible. Um, I've probably only talked for about two minutes. But... um, I'm done. I'd like to welcome up Samuel.
He's coming to finish off the pie. Give it up for Shawnee with the skill. Um, it's a good word. That's a really good word. Don't, um, don't worry about what people say about you. Worry about what God says about you. Don't just, don't just worry about life. Let's, um, let's look and find out what God says about you. There's a few things in there already, like that verse. Um, can you bring that Proverbs one up that Sean just had up? That'd be good. God uses extravagant terms when he talks about us, doesn't he? He, t- he says, priced more than the most finest gold, the ruby, the pearl of great price. He uses these terms when he talks about us. Like this is, this is how he sees us now that he saved us, right? My fruit is better than fine gold. I, my, what I yield surpasses choice silver. Like, God's kingdom doesn't talk about plastic. <laughs> he doesn't talk about um, things made cheaply because it's not how he sees us, right? We're made on purpose for a purpose. And um, something else that's interesting is that those guys that were coming to murder um, David. <laughs> David was a righteous man. These guys were sent from Saul to murder him. They're all prophesying. And what's prophesying? Prophesying speaking what God is speaking. And it can be about something we don't know. It can be about the future. Whatever. It's what God is saying. Now, if God can make unsaved people that are about to go murder someone prophesy and speak what's on his heart, how much more does he want to speak to us as his children? Right? So... On that note, we're going to get into it. Um, I'm very, uh, I feel fairly unprepared, so, so you have to bear with me. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the call of God tonight. Um, and as good Sean talked about that, because it leads quite into it quite well. Um, how many of you guys as teenagers, who's a teenager here? Stick your hand up. Shawnee. Right up in the sky. I know that's something we don't like to do as teenagers. Stick it right up. Go for it, teenager, 13 to 19. <laughs> All right, good on you guys, well done. Um, who's, who's heard people talk about the call of God? Another quick poll, stick your hands up. Who's often felt confused when you hear people talk about the call of God? <laughs> who's felt like you're missing out a little bit on the voice of God when you hear people talk about the call of God? Again, <laughs> yeah, that's me. All right. Jeremiah 29.11, does ever, a lot of people know this verse off by heart, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Um, yeah, that one's, that one's 13 to 14. We're going to go there in a second. But 29.11 for a start, um, if I can find it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, that plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future Right, what does that say about God's intention for our lives? <laughs> what does he want to do? He wants to prosper us. He wants to give us a hope and a future. Um, then you'll call on me and come to me and pray. This is verse 12. And I'll, I will listen to you. All right? This is the God of the universe. He wants to listen to us. You will seek me and... What does it say there? You will find me. Oh, we're back to number 11. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> um... You will seek me and you'll find, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. He's not going to hide himself from us. And I'll bring you back from captivity. Uh, that's, that goes on to the next part of the context. But 
just for what we're saying today, the Lord doesn't hide himself from us, right? He speaks to us and through us, and sometimes we don't even know it. But, some, but other times it's just like it's imp- it's, we've just got to be aware of his presence during our daily life. It's like Josh can be like sewing up a chair and just, and just realise, well, hey, I can have faith in God right now. I can, I can be in his presence right now. Jesus loves what I'm doing here. <laughs> do, you know, do you know that? Do you know God loves the little things. Like Josh, if, if you know him well, he pays attention to detail. He's very particular. Um, it's, not a very, it's not like a super spiritual thing, but God, how many know God put that in Josh's life? And because God put it there, it's very, very important and valuable in the kingdom of God, right? Okay, so let us continue. First things first. Jesus will make himself heard. He doesn't hide his voice. Right. I've got lines drawn everywhere here because I've gone around in circles as I've written notes. How many of you do that when you plan a project? You're like, oh, I want to put that up there. No, I want to put that down there. But with a notepad, notebook, you can't really backspace <laughs> and put it forwards again. All right, so let's see if we can follow. We can follow this line down here. It's like snakes and ladders. <laughs> Go down there, then back up to you. Okay, all right. So God wants to speak to us. Ephesians 1, verses 4 to 6, if we could have that up there. I'm going to get it in my Bible. Um, okay. Oh, whoops, that's... Peter, how did we get there? <laughs> All right, we got it up there. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. What is that saying there? It says in love, so this is before you were born, it got Jesus predestined us. He loved you before you even walked on the earth. Not only that, but he knew you. He knew who you were going to be, and not only that, but he's like, works a whole plan out to put you in the right place at the right time for the right purpose, right? So where did we start? You're made on purpose for a purpose, and Jesus saw that before you were born. Uh, the reason, okay, second part of that is Ephesians 2 verses 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do, to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. Okay, so I want everyone to close our eyes right now. All right. Now, let's imagine the day you were born. Just imagine that. You, you've been nine months inside there. <laughs> Hopefully by now you've got all the features of a human being. Um, and God's there. He's watching you be born. He's, he's been like at this process for the last nine months. He's like... Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the skill of talking, or I'm gonna give you <laughs> I'm just gonna give you the skill in Sean's case. Um, I'm, you're gonna be good at art, or you're gonna have a mind that can work things out with maths, or you're gonna be really creative. I'm just gonna give these gifts to you, and um, and I've got a plan for you to work them. Keep your eyes closed. Imagine God doing this. They're like presents wrapped up with a full with a full like string, and then all of a sudden, just as you're about to come out, he's like. And then here's this piece of my heart, which I'm going to give you as well. And it's an expression of me, and I'm going to put it in you. And people are going to see me through your life. And he looks, and there you are. Your dad's holding you there for the first time. And he's like, he's like I'm so proud of this guy, this girl. You're going to be so, so amazing. And he doesn't just say that like in hope that you're going to be. He says that because he sees your life from the beginning from the end. Right? 
<laughs> I mean, how amazing is that? God is so good. So, in seeing things from the beginning, from the end, what you can what you can do, the call of God doesn't get hidden from us, right? It's um, it's around us. You, and so, God carefully planned it. It's going to be awesome. Look around you. So here's a few things. On on that, on what we've read here in Ephesians, you can say you can say, well, look, what have what have I been given in a sense? What what do I do? What do I like? What do I enjoy? And you can consider these things in prayer before the Lord and say, well, Lord, are you taking me here? Are you taking me there? And then slowly, the call of the God comes on, kind of comes on you as you seek it, as you seek what His will is for your life. Um, it's not like a Oh, I was just wandering along one day, and then bam! Whoa, I realised <laughs> I'm called to missions in Africa or something like that. It's sometimes it can be like that, but other times it's like as we as we seek God, as we put Him first, as we fall in love with Him. Not only that, but also as we fall in love with ourselves. <laughs> That's not a cool thing these days, is it? You say you love yourself. That's really bad, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing. When Jesus said, "Love your neighbour as yourself." How many of you know, if you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbour, right? So it's important to see us how God sees us, and God really, really loves you, and not just loves you. He actually likes you. He enjoys you. So, so we've got to get in that position. If we want to see the call of God in our life, first of all, we've got to actually we've got to love ourselves, and we'll love ourselves well. We'll look after ourselves. We'll feed ourselves. Positive self-talk. Who does that at school? You don't do that anymore. Love, no? Oh, okay. That's cool. I never actually did that. It was a subject that we had to do. Shawnee? Yeah, yeah, all that sort of thing. Anyway. All right. <laughs> okay, so so as you do this, so take note of, your, hey, of yourself, who you are, who God's made you, because who you are isn't just like a combination, your mum and dad, whatever. Actually, God put your spirit, your life, inside of you, and he's like, on purpose for purpose. So... <laughs> um, so pay attention to those things. And actually, if you, want, if you want the call of God in your life, if you want to hunger after him, begin to pray through some of these things. Oh, like, Shawnee's got the skill. So, oh, Lord, what is, what is this skill that you've given me? And how do you want to use it for your glory? Walk through that. Um, Josh, attention to detail. Like, God's obviously using that with, like, what we're doing here, guys. Aren't you grateful for Josh? Like, come on. All right. And, and, and it could be anything. So... We're going to turn now to, to Samuel 16 because I want to address one other thing in relation to the call of God tonight, and that is, what do you do if you're called by God, if you feel called by God and you're just like, I'm in school. I feel called to be the Prime Minister of Australia, but I'm in school. Or um, I'm going to be a, mechan- a mechatronic engineer. I'm going to create robots that walk the planet. <laughs> But I'm in school. I want to be a lead. I want to be a famous singer. But I'm in school. What can I do? <laughs> I want to be an evangelist. But I'm in school. Like, and and uh, the reason I, I want to say that is because I know I know the feeling that I've been been in seasons before like that, and I'm like, oh, when I get out of when I get out of school, when I get out of this season that I'm in, then I'm going to be good for God, or then I'm going to seek God. But we're going to go to a young man, which we've already heard about tonight um, in the book of 1 Samuel. Oh, so we've got it up there. All right, story of David. Who knows it? Yeah? Yeah, we've got a few. 
uh, <laughs> 1 Samuel, that we start, we first hear about David here in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Basically what's happened is, is Saul's disobeyed God, he's, he's become fearful, he's got too much pride and does things his own way. David, uh, God says, this is somewhere in like 14 or 15, I think, I haven't, haven't looked it up, but God says, I've stripped the kingdom away from you and given it to another, a man after my own heart. Um, yeah, a man after my own heart. Okay, I want to give some context there. When God said a man after my own heart, how many know David was only probably about 10 years old at the time? This is before Goliath. This is before he's done anything great. He's a 10-year-old boy out with his brothers learning to wash the sheep. Right, so, so Samuel goes and um, he's, he's told to go anoint a new king of Israel. And he goes and he sees all the brothers, tall, handsome men. That's what the Bible says. Muscular, ready for battle, can go take down anything. And, and um, Samuel goes to each one and the Lord says, no, 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 no. And they all go through and, and Samuel has to say to the father, Jesse, well, is there any more? Because um, the Lord sent me here and he said none of these are the ones to be king. And, um, and Jesse says, yeah, there's, a, there's one more. He's just a little boy. He's out watching the sheep. And, and they call him in, go out there on the donkey, grab him. These days we'd go out on a motorbike. <laughs> um, and they pulled out and the Lord says this is the one this is the man after my own heart as a boy this is what the Lord is calling him and so he anoints, uh, he anoints David and then next part we hear of David um, is possibly two or three years later and Saul's being disturbed by this, this evil spirit that is tormenting him because he's kind of reverted to witchcraft in order to find things out um, and so this evil spirit's tormenting, and Saul was like, find me someone who can play the harp really, really well. And one of the servants said, well, David, son of Jesse, can really play the harp. So David's been out with the sheep, little insignificant David, by himself, no one around. He's been anointed king of Israel. But what is different about David is that he was anointed, and, and even before that, what did he have in place first? Like, you, you see, David wrote mo- most of the Psalms, and they're like love songs to God, like really intense songs, praising and worshipping God. And David wrote a lot of these while he was out there with the sheep. What, so what do we see there? First things first with the call of God is we see heart after God. Love, just love God really well. doesn't matter what season you're in. If you're on the call of God on your life, love God really well for a start. doesn't matter how significant you feel or how insignificant you feel. Like you're 9, 10, 11 or 12 or in the workforce, like... Or doing what you love. Um, we've got to love God. Um, second, so like, the second thing is, is he's like 13 years old and he's skillful on the harp. So what's he been doing? He's been practicing. He's been working on this thing. He likes it. He's going for it. There's, there's no, while he's out in the paddock, there's no purpose to it other than that. He's just enjoying and practicing and playing, playing before the Lord. Often, if we want to do something great on this world, firstly, we do it great before the Lord. And then he brings out about the promotion right? Because what we have to get set in our hearts is that if we're going to be able to handle, if we can, the Lord don't give us anything that will kill us or take away our relationship with him, right? So if we want to be able to handle um, a high position in what we love and what we do, we've got to be able to handle those skills before the Lord first 
and also be able to honour him with them first before we're recognised, before we get that high position. Because if we can do that in the secret place, then we can do it in the public place, right? Okay, so, um, so we see David was a worshipper in the secret place, and then what happens is he's called up like, to the king's throne to play before the king because his playing carries the presence of the Lord. So that's, and that can be applied to anything, like anything in our lives, any gifting, whatever. Become good at it in the, in the presence of God, in that secret place, in your, in your one-on-one time with Jesus. All right. Next, we hear of David, <laughs> okay? Again, he's out watching the sheep. How many of you know if you walk around with an attitude of that you can win and that you're successful, even if you're not, um, sometimes people around you can... Um, I mean, in David's case, they, um, they send him back out with a sheep. They're like tall poppy syndrome, right? We have it in Australia. <laughs> you, you, you think you're so good, but you're just a shepherd. God doesn't work like that. So David's still out with sheep. And the next thing we hear about David is, is verse 1 Samuel 17. So he's brought some cheese and like toasted sandwiches, if you like, <laughs> out to the battlefield. Um, Israel is in war with the Philistines. And we have Goliath, which has challenged Israel's armies. And they're all like, so scared because this guy's like nine feet tall. Anyway, David rocks up and he's like, what the heck? This guy, <laughs> keep in mind, David's only about 15 here. This guy can't speak like that. He was, Goliath was saying, awful, like, basically saying that God doesn't exist. And David's like, he can't speak like that. God exists. Like, seriously, come on, we're going to do something about this. And everybody else is like hiding in their tents, kind of afraid. Um, now, how many of you know, like, the last five years in David's life, since he'd been anointed, they're all building up to this moment, right? In the, while he's in the presence of God, while he's worshipping, while he's playing his harp. And then we also see, But David said to King Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and, to, and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it, turned on your, when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. David was looking after somebody else's sheep, but he put his life on the line so that his dad would prosper. Whatever, whatever you're looking after, whatever you aspire to be, um, if you can steward someone else's gift or steward someone else's success, champion somebody else, protect somebody else, and put your life on the line if you, to serve, then you can be trusted with nations. And when the fight calls, in the moment when everybody else is afraid, and when everybody else is backing down, when everybody else is, has no faith, you'll be able to stand up and say, no, I have faith for that. No, I believe that because we're going to win because I've seen it before. But that didn't come in that moment. It didn't just rise up in David just, just right then. But that came while he was out watching the sheep. So... What I want to encourage us with, the point of the whole, the whole big story, <laughs> is that, do you know, today is today. The moment is right now. You know, tomorrow, school's on tomorrow, right? Before I get too bold and excited. <laughs> you go back to school, 
teachers may or may not disrespect you, whichever, however good or bad teachers you have, you're still going to be either looked down upon or lifted up. It's going to be another normal day, right? But here's the thing, is that God didn't just put gifts in your life for when you grow up or when you get older. You guys are at a hugely powerful time in your lives. And um, <laughs> what a better way to spend it than seeking the Lord, searching for Him, and then also living it out. If you feel like there's something in your life, then begin to walk in that. Begin to, um, begin to walk in power and begin to seek Holy Spirit. Because what did we learn? Like, he won't hide his voice. He doesn't do that. Like, if we, he won't also, first things first, he doesn't hide his voice. Second thing, he won't force his voice on you, right? So when we seek him, we're found by him. But if we're like, not seeking him, he's, like, he, he's not going to force his will on our lives, right? Okay? So, so let's... Um, Let's get, get into the Word of God. Does, does, does that make sense to people? Who wants the call of God on their life? Who wants to know that they've been chosen for a purpose? Who wants to know what that purpose is? <laughs> right, so let's, um, let's, get into the, let's get into the Word. Let's, let's see God. I, I would encourage you all to take a journal. Like, begin to write things down. When you read a scripture, be like, oh, how does that apply? So how does that apply to me? I'm like... This is who I am. This is who God... Because we've got to remember. We've got to honour what God's done in our life. We've got to honour who he's made us to be. So we honour that. And we're like, so what is God speaking through this passage? How does that apply? Where are we going? And begin to, begin to search for direction. And, and don't, don't postpone it. Don't be like, oh, when I leave school, I'll do that. Or, or don't be like, oh, when I get a job, I'll be able to do that because I'll be respected then. Holy Spirit respects you guys now. Do you know that? Jesus respects you guys now, and he's like, he's like, go, let's let's do this thing. Oh, I'm calling you now. <laughs> all right, so um, yeah, that's that's all I had to share with you guys tonight. Was that good? Yeah. yeah? All right. Heaps good.